Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Good afternoon, delight, and welcome to the show that is sugary spiciness and everything niceness on OCR FM, which is 98.3 across Collican District, 88.7 FM along the coast, and streaming online at ocrfm.org.au, or perhaps you are listening to this as our Afternoon Delight podcast. Yeah. How's it going, Mr. Max? Good. Good? Oh, yeah. How's uh, your week been? Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. Keeping busy? Yeah. What, uh, what's the week done to you? Uh, Nothing too strenuous? No. Are you getting all uh, set for a week of Halloween-y kind of things? Does does your family normally do that sort of thing? We usually do Mm -hmm. haunted house every year. Oh, yes? Yeah. What do you know of trick-or-treating? Walking around to houses, getting lollies. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Do you know why? No. Well... Today we're going to try and explore where and why and how that came to be. So uh, all the sweet tweets of uh, kind of Halloween today. But first of all, as promised last week, we do have a brand new yum box to get into, don't we? Yep. So uh, our clue was the home of democracy. Let's find out where we're headed. Radio Max, what is inside the yum box? Where are we headed? We're, we're in Greece. Greece, the home of democracy. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, what sort of things do we have inside? Uh, oh, we should uh, double trouble check while you're um, having a look inside the yum box. There. Let's see. Uh, what did everybody else guess when it came? Did anyone actually? Work out the uh, <laughs> the clue to where we've headed in our yum box or not? Let's have a squeeze. Uh, so, what have you got inside the yum box? We've got or syrupy filo dough pastry with almonds and walnuts, basil pesto breadsticks, milk chocolate coated wafers with. Cacao cream filling, oregano potato chips, soft wheat cookies with grape must flavour. Certainly a, a variety of sweet and savoury. Yeah. The, and we've got yum bag too. A yum bag as well with a few yep. little sweet treats in it. Yep, there's... Pomegranate-flavoured jelly candy. Mm-hmm. Ooze-flavoured hard candy. Oh, ouzo. <laughs> okay, righto. There you go. So what do you know about Greece? 
Anything um, in particular? No. Not really? I was fascinated by ancient Greece as a kid. I, I There was kind of the old ancient Rome, ancient Greece thing, and I always, um, yeah, my fascination was with ancient Greece, with all the Greek gods and stuff like that. So let's um, take a look inside the yum box then. We've got some uh, Grecian delicacies. What are we going to start off with? We're going sweet, savoury, bit of a mix. <laughs> You're going straight for the yum bag. Okay. Right. So the yum bag is kind of a um, like a trick-or-treat uh, bag, I guess. Yeah. A little smorgasbord of uh, some sweet treats. So um, the pomegranate-flavoured jelly candies, uh, frugelli, and the cocos uzo, which is uzo-flavoured hard candies. Um, now, while you're opening that... We do have a warning. According to ancient Greek myth, pomegranates are very dangerous. Mm. Did you know this? No. Legend has it that the Greek god of the underworld, Hades, fell madly in love with Persephone, who is the goddess of vegetation and the daughter of Zeus and Demeter, who is the goddess of harvest. Um, Not exactly a gentleman. Hades kidnapped Persephone, trapped her in the underworld. When Demeter learned her daughter's fate, she became a recluse, and with both Persephone and Demeter gone, no crops grew. So there was a bit of a famine sort of thing happening. Hearing the cries of hungry mortals, Zeus commanded Persephone's release. Hades agreed, but first he fed her some pomegranate. Sounds like a nice thing to do? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it was a trick. Food was forbidden in the underworld, so by eating the pomegranate, it meant Persephone had to stay there for a portion of every year. And so that's how the Greeks explained the seasons. Mm. So summer came when Persephone returned home. Winter would be when she was bound to the underworld. And so no crops would grow under those conditions. Um, Fortunately for you, though, (laughs) Greece's view on the pomegranate has shifted since ancient times, so now we can enjoy eating it. We have had some um, pomegranate-flavoured treats from the Yum Box before. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and they are all around the um, area around Greece. Was it the Turkish box perhaps had pomegranate stuff in it? Or was Um, it the Israeli box? I can't remember now. I think it was Israel. Possibly Israel. So today... Um, The fruit is actually considered lucky in Greece. It's often given at weddings, housewarming parties, and New Year's celebrations. So uh, we can enjoy this pomegranate jelly without uh, the threat of being taken to the underworld. (laughs) Uh, So, what do you notice about packaging? It's silver with a cream-coloured centre part. Yeah, kind of wax paper on the inside. And red outside. So it's, um, uh, to keep it fresh in that, yeah, silver paper outer foil, uh, it is very jelly. (laughs) It looks cool. Mm, It's like a piece of um, Turkish delight in its traditional form. Mm-hmm. And it appears that it's covered in a sugar, sugar crystal, perhaps. So it's a little square lump of uh, pomegranate jelly. Mm-hmm. Give it a bit of a nibble. Let me know what you think. That's good. Mm. Quite sweet. Yeah. Do you remember the pomegranate taste from last time? Not really. This is a lot, um, a lot juicier because of the 
the jelly state that it's in. Mmm. Mmm. That's really nice. Uh-huh. It kind of coats your mouth with the um, sweet pomegranate taste. Thumbs up, thumbs down for um, the Frigelli pomegranate jelly. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I'm realising we possibly should have had that one second because I don't think you're going to like this one. Um, this is ouzo flavoured hard candy. It's called a Cocos. Now, ouzo is one of Greece's most famous drinks, Max. Okay. Even though this is coming in a hard candy form, it gets its flavour from the ouzo drink. Ouzo is derived from the Spuro, which is a strong grape brandy, first crafted by the 14th century monks on the peaks of Mount Athos. While anise was added to the recipe in 1830, uh, that's a plant kind of has a licorice taste to it, the anise seed. Um, the new version of Ouzo became an instant sensation. Cafes called Ouzeries popped up as go-to spots for good conversation, scrumptious snacks like olives and feta cheese, and a refreshing glass of ouzo. The drink is so beloved and so uniquely Greek that in 2006, the country filed a case with the European Union to claim exclusive rights over ouzo sale, saying that Greek held the patent, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm. So whether you love or hate it, um, the licorice flavour... For this ouzo-inspired candy is alcohol-free, just in case you are worried. <laughs> um, but you are tasting an iconic Greek flavour that you literally cannot get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So again, it's um, all wrapped up in the blue covering. Yeah, so it's that foilish style. You've given it the sniff Smells test. Smells like licorice. Now, are you a licorice fan usually? Yes. You are, so you might like this. Ouzo has quite a strong taste, just pre-warning you. Uh, I was expecting it to be a darker colour than this, to be honest. Yeah, I know. It's spherical, but it's almost... What colour would you call that? White. Off-white? Yeah. Okay, down the hatch, because it is a, uh, a hard lolly. Mainly made of sugar, corn syrup, and uh, the anise. Anise seed. Rolling it around your mouth a bit. What do you got? That's good. It's good? You like it? Yeah. Thank goodness for that, because, uh, yeah, licorice is quite a um, acquired taste. Yeah. And often people aren't all that fond of it. Do you know choo-choo bars? Mm-hmm. Tastes like a... It tastes like a choo-choo bar. It does, which is a licorice-inspired bar. Yeah. So then, do I need to even ask? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Too easy. Well then, we'll take a quick break here on Afternoon Delight. We'll be back to investigate the history of trick-or-treating right after this. Kids Kingdom, come for a play or stay all day. Enjoy coffee and a sweet treat or lunch from our full on-site cafe menu. Book a party in one of our three colourful party rooms. Inquire today, 52315633. Kids Kingdom, proud sponsor of Afternoon Delight on OCR FM. On Afternoon Delight, it's time for us uh, to check out the history of trick-or-treating. 
So Max, you said uh, pretty much your understanding is people go door to door and ask for lollies. Yep. Do you know why? As my big question. No. No. Excellent. Because uh, it does kind of link in to our yum box a little bit. So a lot of people think that trick-or-treating at Halloween is an American tradition. Mm-hmm. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, it is very Americanized. I will give you that with uh, candy being the, the main exponent these days. But uh, traditions similar to the modern custom of trick-or-treating go all the way back to classical antiquity. So that period of history between the 8th century BC and 6th century um, where ancient Rome and ancient Greece uh, ruled the world. So it's extremely unlikely it's directly related to any sort of modern custom, but the ancient Greek writer Athenus um, records in his book called the Diphonistus that in ancient times the Greek island of Rhodes had a custom where children would go door to door dressed as swallows, so birds, singing a song demanding the owners of the house give them food and threatening to cause mischief if they refused. So this tradition was claimed to have been um, started by the Rhodian lawgiver Clebulus. And so, uh, yeah, kids would go dressed all the same as birds singing songs. Not so it's basically begging for food. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, since the Middle Ages, the tradition of mumming on a certain holiday has existed in parts of Britain and Ireland, and that would be going door-to-door performing short scenes or plays in exchange for food or drink. Um, the custom of trick-or-treating may have come from the belief that supernatural beings or souls of the dead would roam the earth at this time, and so they needed to be appeased. Uh, it may also have originated in the Celtic festival held between October 31st and November 1st to mark the beginning of winter. Mm-hmm. So in Ireland and Scotland, the festival is believed to have pre-Christian roots to it. By the 9th century, the Catholic Church made the 1st of November All Saints Day. So amongst Celtic-speaking peoples, it was seen as a liminal time when spirits or fairies and the souls of the dead would come into our world and then you had to provide them with food or drink to make sure that they didn't harm anybody. Mm. How they ate it, I don't know. Uh, Similar beliefs and custom were found around other parts of Europe and it suggested that trick-or-treating evolved from a tradition whereby people impersonated the spirits or the souls of the dead and then would receive offerings on their behalf. So by dressing up as a ghost or a goblin or a ghoul, you were perhaps possessed or representing uh, a passed-on relative. Um, As far back as the 15th century, uh, there was a custom of sharing soul cakes at All Hallowtide, which is October 31st through to November 2nd, where people would visit houses and take soul cakes which was a representation of the dead in return as kind of a prayer for their soul, they'd offer up a cake. So soul is S-O-U-L, just in case anyone was wondering. Later that went from parish to parish at Halloween, begging soul cakes by singing under the windows um, of churches. Um, The wearing of costumes has been recorded in Scotland as early as the 16th century. There are many references to... Uh, mumming, guising or souling, so dressing up at Halloween in Britain and Ireland throughout the late 18th century into the early 19th century. In parts of Southern Ireland, a man would dress as Le Bern, which was um, translated as the White Mare, 
and he would lead youths house to house reciting different versions, um, often kind of as a pagan ritual in exchange for food. And if the household donated food, it could expect good fortune from the makoa, but if they refused, it would bring misfortune. So it was pretty much all about giving out a treat to bring your household good luck. Um, by the 1940s, the term trick or treat um, got kind of more widespread with the first appearance in the US by maybe 1932-ish. Um, trick or treating became more commonly associated with Thanksgiving from the um, late 1870s through to the 1930s. And in New York, a Thanksgiving ritual known as Ragamuffin Day involved children dressing up as beggars and asking for treats, just like you suggested. That later evolved into dressing in more diverse costumes. Uh, increasing hostility towards the practice by the 1930s eventually led to the begging aspects being dropped, and by the 1950s, the whole tradition had ceased. Uh, they didn't beg at all. They would then trick-or-treat um, by... Um, the early war years, maybe World War Two, with sugar rationing, uh, it kind of died down a little bit. And early national attention to trick-or-treating was given in October 1947 when kids' magazines such as Jack and Jill or Children's Activities and Halloween episodes of network radio programs such as the Baby Snoop Show um, kind of bolstered and made Halloween a very commercial enterprise. Trick of Treating was depicted in the Peanuts comic strip uh, in 1951, and the custom had become firmly established in popular culture by 1952 when Walt Disney portrayed it in a cartoon called Trick or Treat. Although some pe uh, popular histories of Halloween have characterised Trick or Treating as an adult invention to re-channel um, re Halloween activities away from Mischief Night or any of the soul ideas, there are very few records that support that. In 1953, UNICEF tried to change um, the rules by making a national campaign to raise funds for charity whilst kids were out trick-or-treating. It still continues to this day where some people make a donation to UNICEF, but mostly people, when you go trick-or-treating, you end up with lollies because people don't really bake cakes and <laughs> hand it out anymore. Um, so uh, there you go. That is the very brief history of where trick-or-treat came from and where it is these days. It's becoming a little bit more popular here in Australia, but yeah, that, that's kind of why American history, I guess, or people would assume it's an American tradition, actually has its roots way, 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 way back. And it's more uh, an evolved form or devolved, however you want to class it, as to uh, whether or not it's an Americanized thing or whether it's just the commercialization that America gave it through uh, TV shows like Ozzy and Harriet and um, the Jack Benny show and things like that. Mm. But uh, there you go. There's uh, some, some fun things for you trick-or-treat wise. Um, what do you like about trick-or-treating and Halloween? Probably getting lollies. Getting the lollies? dressing up. And dressing up. What, what goes into uh, the thought of a good costume? Um... Do you go with a theme, or do you think of something you'd, that you really like that you'd like to dress up as? Or I just think of anything, mostly 
Well, usually clowns. Usually clowns. You're yeah. a bit of a clown fan. There's some pretty amazing and uh, creative costumes out there. We might put a link up on the uh, Afternoon Delight Facebook page. Let us know what's what's some easy go-to costumes or some really creative ideas that uh, you can share. You can text in 0439 329 713 or jump on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page and uh, share your suggestions there. Trick-or-treat ideas, um, either things to hand out or costume ideas. Now, I was just checking back on the Facebook page. No one uh, no one correctly guessed Greece for our uh, young box. So the birthplace of democracy was a bit of a cryptic clue that stumped a few people. Mm. Mm. Okay, well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to go head-to-head with some uh, Halloween lollies right after this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, strap yourselves in for this week's great confectionery debate as we pit two similar lollies against each other to decide an overall champion. On Afternoon Delight, it's time to go head-to-head. Now, um, on the show this week, because trick-or-treating itself doesn't have a specific type of uh, lolly, or as Americans would say, candy... Uh, we've gone for some spooky-themed lollies just to kind of level out the playing field, I guess. What have you uh, managed to track down today, Max? Creepy bites and spooky eyeballs. Hmm, okay. So, uh, October 31st is the official day for Halloween, and uh, so people would go door-knocking kind of on dusk before it gets too dark, and uh, so these might be in someone's home that they are giving out. Uh, not every residence does participate in Halloween, though, of course. Um, but this is a couple of different things we might try. So eyeballs, which are looking pretty much like a, what are those things, the jelly on a plate style thing or peaches mm. and cream, strawberries and cream. Yeah, strawberries and cream. So it's got a milk gel base and then a fruity top and then a little (laughs) iris in the middle to make it look all more eyeball-ish. Does the eyeball bit go all the way through? Is it just a dotted colour? That's the question. Oh, okay, it goes all the way through. So I've got a different colour to you. You've got a red eye Mm -hmm. and I've got an orangey bloodshot eye. What are you thinking as you have a bit of a munch on that? It's like a strawberry flavour. Well, yours like an orange flavour? It is, actually. I was thinking these were going to be all just very generic, different colour. There's red, green, blue and orange. So This has got, yeah, it's a citrusy taste to it. I can't pinpoint whether it's mandarin or orange, to be honest. Does it give us any kind of uh, hints as to what flavour it should have been? No. No. But um, each is individually wrapped, which we do recommend if people are thinking of uh, participating in trick or treat. It's best if the lollies are wrapped because uh, you don't want them sticking to each other or dirty germs (laughs) and stuff. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's really nice. It's got a smooth texture to it. Yeah. Mm. So what flavour do you say strawberry yours was? Yeah, pretty sure. Okay. Either strawberry or raspberry. And uh, so 
on the other side of our spooky eyeballs have a very disturbing array of uh, different creatures and the creepy bites. Uh, what sort of things have we got? Um, we've got, like, teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, spiders, zombies, bugs. I've got a cockroach. <laughs> I think there's ants in there as well. Yeah. Cockroaches, things, zombies, spiders, yep. And so they're each little jelly-moulded uh, chews. So the cockroach that I've got is a brown-moulded... I'm assuming it's probably going to have a cola flavour. And so what have you got? Some fangs. Yeah. Very reminiscent of the teeth candy. So the pink gums, white teeth. Although they've got some extended ones that... Uh, the, the actual fangs. I'm going to have to put a photo up on the Facebook page of uh, what Max has done. Do you want to try and say exactly what you've done with them in? Uh, I don't think uh, you can. <laughs> so Max has put in the fangs. He's trying to hold them there, but they keep falling out because uh, he's laughing so much. But uh, I'll stick that up on the Facebook page as well. But uh, they're vampire fangs, of course, because mm-hmm. vampires would definitely come out Halloween to... Uh, Trick or treat with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then, what's your thoughts as you chomp down? Is it exactly like a, pe- a set of teeth? It tastes like the strawberries and cream lollies. Oh, okay. Mm. Kind of that milky base. Yep. That's completely different to what I thought. My cockroach is very jelly, but it's chewy. I don't think it has the cola flavour that I was expecting. Kind of generic, put out by a group called Lollyland. Yeah. So they're not tied into, you know, a bigger subsidiary like Alan's Lollies or something like that. But Max was giving the sniff test to the... It does smell like cola smell. It's got a... a, Yeah. It's an interesting... I wouldn't call it like the Coke bottle cola flavour... Of gummy lollies. What are you thinking? I know that flavour from somewhere. Yeah. It's not... I I can't put my finger on it, though. It's not the cola flavour that most jellies are. Yeah. Well, we'll put it to the vote. What is the best um, Halloween lollies to give out at trick-or-treat time? Uh, You can text in 0439 329 713. These kind of creepy coolie ones, creepy bites and spooky eyeballs. Which of the two are you... uh, Voting over the other. I'm going to go the creepy... Um, creepy bites? Yeah. Yeah, I think I am too, just for the variety. Mm. Because the spooky eyeballs, even though they do have different flavours for the the eye colours, uh, the creepy bites have just the different selections. So depending on the lucky dip that you pull out, you are going to get a different flavour for each lolly. Um, it's not just going to be kind of a peaches and cream or a strawberries and cream or a strange citrus and cream that I had. But uh, they're still both very nice. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're back with our uh, sweetest tune after this. But uh, you're listening to Afternoon Delight on OCRFM. <laughs> It is 
Time and Afternoon Delight for our sweetest tune now, uh, because even though it's not Halloween quite yet, someone might listen to this podcast on Halloween Day. You never know. Uh, What song have we got today, Mr. Max? The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm -hmm. So this is Halloween. Uh, It's a song from the film with lyrics written by Danny Elfman. In the film, it's performed by the residents of the fictional Halloween town. Have you seen the the movie Nightmare Before Christmas before? I don't think I have. Don't think you have? So um, it kind of introduces the town's Halloween-centred lifestyle in the song. It's quite different to most Disney movies because originally it was released with just subtitles. (laughs) It was too dark and scary for kids, apparently, Mm. in some countries. But uh, the version that we've got for you has been covered by lots of different bands. In 2006, it was covered by Marilyn Manson with a special release for the film soundtrack uh, called The Nightmare Revisited. And it was also covered by Panic at the Disco in 2006 for the soundtrack Reissue. And so that is the version that we're going to feature for you today. So this is Panic at the Disco with their version of This is Halloween. Creeped out by that, Max? Yeah. <laughs> that was This Is Halloween as covered by Panic at the Disco. Uh, got, you can, can probably hear in the music why it would be a little bit scary for young kids. Yeah. But lots of kids' movies do have some spooky parts in them. Yeah. Just the fact that this one's based in a Halloween-themed village. Yeah. <laughs> My kind of village. Um, Up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page last week, uh, we were asking you the question, because each week when we go head-to-head, we're asking questions of which was the um, best flavour of extra chewing gum. And uh, there was no real consensus. Um, uh, Holly says, I used to love having peppermint handy to chew for my anxiety. It's a very calming flavour. Linda says, wintergreen. Uh, I'm a wintergreen gal. We don't get wintergreen over here. Linda is uh, a listener from the US. Mm. Uh, Claire says, peppermint. Tyson says, bubble mint. There's uh, lots and lots and lots of uh, different suggestions up there, but no one really agreed. They were all their own favourite flavours. <laughs> so uh, let us know on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page this week. Um, what's the the best idea for a Halloween costume, or what's your best lolly to hand out around Halloween time? Uh, or you can text 0439 329 713. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to wrap up the show very shortly with a recipe and our Kinder Surprise. <laughs> Up with me. On 
afternoon, Delight. It is time for us to share a recipe with you that is Halloween-inspired. Uh, it's one of those ones that looks a lot worse than it tastes. What have you got for us this week, Max? Toxic waste mac and cheese. Okay, toxic waste mac and cheese. So it looks absolutely disgusting, but it's perfect for Halloween. It's reasonably healthy as well, and the kids should love it. Do you want to try and describe what it looks like? No. No? Okay. <laughs> Let people have a picture in their head yeah. of what toxic waste mac and cheese actually looks like. Okay, what do we need? Quarter of a cup of unsalted butter, third of a cup of all-purpose flour, two and a half cups of whole milk, half a teaspoon of sea salt, quarter of a teaspoon of ground black pepper, quarter of a teaspoon of paprika, one teaspoon of onion powder, one tablespoon of dry mustard powder, a sixteenth of a teaspoon of parin pepper, eight ounces sharp white cheddar cheese, one package frozen spinach, green food colouring, dry pasta, one head fresh cauliflower. So you can hear that the ingredients are reasonably healthy. Yeah. So as I said, it's going to look pretty gross. It's almost like green mac and cheese with extra vegetables. Yeah. (laughs) How do you make it? Melt butter in a large pan, Dutch over medium-low heat. Add the flour and whisk to combine, simmer, simmer, stirring constantly for up to one to two minutes. Pour in the milk and whisk to combine and remove all lumps. Add the salt, pepper, onion powder, paprika, cane and mustard stir com- to combine continue cooking until mixture starts to simmer 6 to 8 minutes remove from heat and add the grated cheese stir until melted and completely combined add the drained spinach stir to combine add a few drops of green food coloring if desired Add the drained pasta and stir until completely coated. Stir in steamed, steamed cauliflower and serve immediately. And that is it. Yeah. So I'll stick a copy of that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page if you'd like to make your very own uh, toxic waste <laughs> mac and cheese. Good one to uh, have for Halloween night. We're almost out of time here. There's one thing left to do, and that is this. Okay, Max, what is inside this week's Kinder Surprise? Foils off. Chocolates off. Crumbled. And crumbled. (laughs) Inside the little plastic capsule is... 
Oh, I don't know what it is. What? What do we got? Coloured plastic. There's four pieces and and stickers. Okay. I think it's a car. Car, perhaps. I saw a little bit of orange plastic. Okay, it's so got it's wheels. Wheel base, yep. And then some form of. Ah, oh, it's got some indentations in it that looks like some sort of ripcord pulley system, perhaps. I don't know. Hmm, that's an odd one. Mhm. That looks like maybe the front bumper. We should we should point out that Max is trying to do this without getting the instructions out. He's finally caved, and uh, what are we going to do? Do those two little bits interlock? Okay, so I'm predicting that there's there's two bits that have got kind of jagged teeth that when you connect them together, I would assume that they work together like some form of clockwork with the cogs connecting with each other. That's my guess. But uh, Max is having a little bit of difficulty <laughs> making them stay on the plastic base. bit too much concentration. <laughs> and then, so he's added those two bits and then there's another plastic kind of, I'd call that the, the front of the car, if it was a car. Is it a car? I think it is. It looks like bat wings, actually the more I look at it. But that could be a Halloween-inspired show that's making me think that. I don't get this. That, that looks very, very, very tricky. I might let you fiddle a bit more with that one because uh, if I look at the picture, it does look like it's got kind of wings on the side of the car that you push to make it Fly forwards, perhaps? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, we may have broken him. I'm not quite sure you'll be able to put this one together. <laughs> well, on that note, while Max uh, is trying to piece together the very complex four-piece jigsaw puzzle that is this week's uh, Kinder Surprise, thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, we hope that you will join us again next week for more Afternoon delight. Oh, he's made it. Nice work. Oh, okay. So, do you want to explain what uh, what you're doing there, Max? You move one of the wings and... Does it propel the car forward or is it just that you can... I just realised something. What's that? If I put it in the right spot again... Yes. I'll be able to do something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the little jagged teeth things are kind of near the wheels do they move in and out as you move the car forward or they go it's like a shark thing yes and then you move its tail so it can fly oh okay so it's a two in one it's a car that turns into a plane that's why we were so confused yeah transformer car <laughs> or Baby car, doop doop do doop do do. No, <laughs> planey car. Okay, we really do need to get out of here. <laughs> Stick around for unconventional ramblings on your radio, and uh, thank you if you've been tuned in on the podcast. We'll catch you again for Colac Show inspired fun next week.
Bye bye. See ya. Gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clearer in the light of day. And you know the night is always gonna be there anyway. Working up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon delight Rubbing sticks and stones together Makes the spark ignite And the thought of loving you Is getting so exciting Skyrockets in flight Afternoon delight